tired. So tired. Overtired. You are listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren. I'm here with Brett Sharpstra. Brett, how are you? I'm I'm super swell. Uh, fucking amazing. But are you feeling better? I am finally feeling better. Thank you. I uh, I thank you again, Ashley Escada, for filling in last week. We even punted like several days, and I was just so sick. Um, I did not have the Rona, but I had like one hell of a sinus infection, and I had to go through like the entire seven day course of antibiotics before I started to feel better. So, so you actually were legit sick. Uh, so I was like legit sick. I, I might need to see a doctor's note. <laughs> I didn't even tweet. Like people were concerned. Oh people were like God. reaching out to me. They were like, <laughs> they were like, are you okay? I was like, no, I am sick. <laughs> I haven't seen you tweet for three days. Are you okay? Yeah, that's basically Somebody what it was. Go check our apartment. That that's, that's it, almost exactly what it was. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I was just, uh, I, I, and I do have a doctor's note if I needed to get you one, but, uh, I had to do the teledoc thing. Oh yeah. I mean, I could, I could have gone to the doctor, but the teledoc thing was easier. I was like, I have a sinus infection. They're like, what are your symptoms? I was like, well, this is what it is. Like, well, do you have these often? Yeah. This time of year, every single year. It's like, actually, if you want to look through my history this time of year, a year ago, you know, like I think it was like two days apart from like a year previously. When I last had a teledoc appointment with a sinus infection at the exact same time. So you would be amazed at how well, if it were time to do a sponsor read, that would lead like right into our first sponsor. But it's not. We got to wait till like we're like 10, 15 minutes in. So put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. And then, and then we'll, 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 we'll save that for the, for, for the sponsor read um, segue. Um, so uh, I guess, uh, I had like lots of Brett mental health corner catch up. How are you doing? Oh, uh, so I had like the expected depression after my last manic episode. And that only lasted like, I think about five days. And I've, I've been like great ever since. Totally stable, like a wonderful, loving partner, uh, just able to like function in the world. It's been splendid. Yay. Yay. It's very exciting. That makes me very happy. How have you been? Um, I've been okay. Yeah. Mentally. You know, like, I mean, we know you were that, great that, physically. No, I know. that's And that's what I mean. I mean, not like the best, but, you know, getting there. Um, so we'll, we'll see. My, my doctor, like, like I said before, he got me um, sleep medicine, but then I got sick. So I haven't even had any chance to like see like if that's working or anything. My so. sleep for the last couple nights has been really shitty. Not like manic up all night shitty, just like right. tossing and turning. And yeah. I wake up around uh, three or four and then the rest of the morning, I'm just kind of like up and down and I'm it's draining me. No, that is draining. Um, uh, not having good sleep is is rough. I um, And then my whole thing is, was like I slept so much when I was sick. That like now, like my body is almost like, okay, you've had too much sleep. So we're not, we don't want to sleep. So it, it, it's been like a weird thing this week. So I didn't get much sleep last night, but, um, and I've been up since like five something. Um, yeah, you were I, up like watching Ted Lasso, like the minute it came out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Well, I mean, I can share this. I'm not going to share who shared it with me, so it can, can get bad. And also, I didn't spoil anything until after the embargo lifted. But a friend of mine 
has um, screener access to the Apple TV stuff, mm-hmm. which I think actually with our podcast and given what we talk about, I think I could probably make the case to get screener access, to be totally honest, but I just haven't gone through those hoops. You and should do that. I, 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 should I, would, do that. I, I would have fun with that. Yeah, okay. I'll, 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 I'll work on that. But um, most of the shows, even though they come out weekly, they drop all the episodes for the press um, and, and other people like all at once. So like I've seen all of Morning Show season two. Um, there are dates before you can talk about stuff. And I've, I'm, I'm adhering to that, even though I, you know, didn't technically sign anything. I'm, I'm not going to spoil things for anyone. But Ted Lasso was interesting in that they would only put it up, I think, like a few hours or like a day before the um, actual episode dropped. So it was one of those things where I knew that the episode was going to come out like at 9 p.m. my time. And then I logged on at like 7 p.m. And I hadn't, I hadn't logged in the day before, so I don't know what day. Uh, it became available for you know earlier, but but I but I do know that they would do like a it would be very close to the actual time to drop the episode before press would get it, and so I, I watched the um, the season finale, and uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, it has some good stuff. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see where the Nate story goes. Yes, because like, that was the thing, like the penultimate episode, like left on this like massive like like cliffhanger, like reveal, like all season we've seen, like, and, and I've been, I said this to Grant when we were, we've been watching the show together and um, ironically he downloads it from Usenet and then watches it on the Plex. And I'm like, you know, we have an Apple TV subscription. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't care. Um, and I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm like, I get it, whatever. Like I've, I, I'm, I'm paying them $30 a month or whatever I pay for Apple one. Um, yeah. So I, I, but but it is one of those funny things. I'm like, we we actually have the service. We could use this, whatever. Um, and so we've been watching it together, and I've been commenting basically since like the first episode of the season. I'm like, they're building this Nate thing. He's he's having a build up. He's having kind of a, you know, he's going towards explosion. But even that, and even kind of seeing like how he was treating Will, you know, the Kit guy, yeah. and some of his other behavior. Like you could see that like there's a darkness coming. But to see like the penultimate episode of like what he did to Ted, wow. Well, and and what's her name when he like Right, right. But basically assaults her in the middle of a clothing store. Yeah, basically. And 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 then, you know, she's very kind about it. Yeah. And he's looking at himself in the mirror and he spits at himself, you know, like yeah. he's just he's he's angry. Yeah. I mean they're they're playing up the incel thing like real well. Yeah, like, for sure. And and honestly, he fits the type, right? Like it. Uh, I saw a Twitter thread. I'll, I'll see if I can find it so we can put it in the show notes. But somebody wrote something last week after the episode came out where they went back and they found, I guess, signs in season one that kind of led to this and kind of showed where, like, how far back this has been building. And and there was an interview in in the L.A. Times with Nick Mohammed who who plays um, Nate. They'd also kind of alluded to the fact that they'd, I guess, kind of had the idea for this arc, you know, clearly in the first season, like like Jason um, Sudeikis and, and Brett Goldstein, um, who's also one of the writers on the show. Uh, Brett Goldstein is is uh, Roy Kent. You know, yeah. they both kind of said things to him. He's here. About, like, He's there. He's every fucking one. <laughs> exactly. Roy we're going to name, no matter what gender our next cat is, we're naming our next cat Roy Kent. I mean, as you should, like, it's just such a perfect name. 
Um, but but it, it's interesting because I think like the, uh, the juxtaposition between uh, Jamie Tart's arc um, this season um, and and Nate's arc. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to see like how those characters, especially from where they were the first season and where they wind up in the second season. Well, it's very like, interesting from that first day when when Ted asked Nate his name, and mm-hmm. Nate is floored that anyone cares what his name is. Yeah, uh, like I feel like that at the time very much seemed like we were building Ted Lasso's character. Yes, but that was absolutely the beginning of of Nate starting to get this uh like it, at first it seemed like he was going to gain like a healthy Com- self-respect right. out exactly of it. exactly but and, and then but that yeah. took a turn that it took a dark. turn took a dark turn and it's interesting because and, and and you'll see it more in the finale um and again i'm not spoiling anything except to say that they actually said that the way that they kind of do this and the way they kind of make this character seem like it's a realistic sort of scenario where you have people who have maybe been put upon and have been bullied and haven't been paid attention to and then they either have a little bit of success go to their head or they have an opportunity to feel like an entitlement like i'm owed something like that's the thing that sticks out to me is like this this guy's a piece of shit right like he whether he's redeemable or not, uh, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, share anything more. And, and, you know, we've got at least another season, you know, that they'll be working that stuff out. Um, but there, I've definitely had in my own life, like the experience of the of the guy who would think to himself, I'm the nice guy. Mm-hmm. And, and no one, everyone treats me like shit and doesn't respect me. And I'm so put upon and I'm so, you know, uh, maltreated. Um, but, but, uh, but feel this sense of like, but I'm owed something by the world. Like, like someone like Keely should, of course, kiss me and, and, and should be into me. And of course, I should have the opportunities to be the coach and to be respected, to have this and that. That's like, no, you're not, right? Like, yeah. you're A, you're not a nice guy because many of those guys are not nice guys right. and they feel like entitled. And, and I've, you know, as a woman, I've dealt with that way too many times. And, um, and, and sometimes the worst thing that you can do, I hate to say this, but it's the truth is be nice to one of those so-called nice guys. Sometimes that's the absolute worst thing you can do because then if you don't reciprocate their feelings and if you don't want to go into that place, they do get angry when yeah. you don't like they get, and, and it can be scary. Yeah. And no, that it, sucks. It, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a common thing. It it sucks that there are penalties for being nice and that anyone has to be scared of being a decent human being. Yeah. Yeah. We were we were gonna start out by talking about Facebook, but this was honestly far more interesting. I agree. Um let's uh let's jump back to that whole doctor visit thing. Yes. Uh Great because segue. our friend it would have been anyway. Our first sponsor today is ZocDoc, uh, which is like for scheduling doctor's appointments. So let me tell you about it. Do you get excited by a five-star driver rating? Let's be honest. Rating, I do. <laughs> everybody does. Ratings matter a lot. And when it comes to finding healthcare, ratings matter even more. ZocDoc is an app where you compare doctors by their ratings and read reviews from real patients. So you can find and book highly rated local doctors. Just download the free ZocDoc app. 
the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with receptionist again. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, a dermatologist, a psychiatrist, an eye doctor, or another specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Just go to ZocDoc.com. That's a rough one. ZocDoc.com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. I'll be using it to book my own next primary care visit, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash overtired. Thanks to ZocDoc. I, I think it sounds like a great service. I am looking forward to giving a shot. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say this isn't part of our ad read, but I've actually used them for years. And oh, really? It's, yeah. Yeah. I like, should have had you do the ad read. Yeah. No, I have to say, like, when I first moved to New York, um, one of the first, like, advice, I guess, that people gave me, and this was, you know, a decade ago, it was like, use Seamless, and GrubHub or whatever, and use ZocDoc. And, and now they had the telehealth stuff, too, which is great. But honestly, like, one of the most frustrating things is always like, okay, where's a doctor that takes my insurance? Yeah. It's the, you know, it's like a massive problem. Where's one near me? And where's like a, like an immediate med center or something like that? You know, like where's and somebody close by? Being able to book appointments right from yeah. the app. That's, yeah, that's awesome. No, it's so. great. And so, so I've used them for years and I'm big fan, like legitimately, like that's not part of our sponsor read, just saying well, like. It is fan. because they would love some testimonial, but I hadn't actually tried it yet. So you just filled in. The testimonial <laughs> part of the ad read. So that's ZocDoc.com slash overtired. Thanks, Christina. Thanks, Brett. You just, you made the ad read work. Well, it's good when we have like stuff that, you know what I mean? Like, these are like things like, yeah, I've been using this for a decade. Well, sure. Like we get like, we get SaneBox and we mm -hmm. get, uh, what was the last one that I was a huge fan of? Oh, uh, HelloFresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get some stuff that I'm already like a big fan of, longtime user, and those are my those are my favorite. And Text Expander, come on, Text Expander, come on. Like, we get we great love, sponsors. We really do. We really do. Uh, sponsor us if you if you have a great product. Sponsor us. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll take your money. We'll say nice things. We, Definitely. We won't say nice things about bad stuff though no that's I feel like the thing like I, I have turned down a fair number of sponsors just because i don't feel like they fit us and it's not right. something i would actually use no totally like we would not take a facebook sponsorship <laughs> speaking of nicely done so is anyone shocked by what's going on with facebook no. i guess i'm shocked by the six hour downtime like that, that was shocking that yeah. was shocking. That was apparently like a like a BGP DNS yeah, exactly. misconfiguration, um, which I which which I I understand right. Like it, the the timing was obviously sus. Here's what's interesting to me, and I said this on Rocket, but I can talk about this more in depth with you because you and I we we can talk more freely about this. I don't think that it was related to the whistleblower stuff at all. I think that it was a complete coincidence. Oh yeah, but the, but the fact that even reasonable people would have a thought in the back of their mind like. Well, maybe 
to me, that says everything about how fucked Facebook is in the trust <laughs> department, right? Like when even something that's as like just stupid bananas, asinine um, of a conspiracy theory to think that a publicly traded company would stage a downtime to get rid of internal documents or other stuff, right? Because that would actually be a crime if, if that sure. were the case. Um, anything that that um, was like, um, like so to think that, that that would actually be a possibility when obviously it's not. The fact that like that can even be entertained in, in a half-joking way says everything about yeah. like who this company is. Well, I mean... What did he lose? Like six, seven billion dollars during that period. Mm -hmm. That that's a hefty price to pay just for some cover up of a of a a lawsuit you would win. <laughs> exactly. Well, and and also you know a cover up for for a thing that you you would lose like if you actually tried to do that. And also like okay, so they went down to because I'm looking at their stock price right now. Like they they got as low as you know, um, I don't know, like it, it, the stock dropped a little bit, but then it came back. So like whatever, they're still up an insane amount year over year. Like, yeah, like, 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 like a year ago, they were at $244 a share. Now they're at like $333 a share. So yeah, that would be a dumb thing to, to take that kind of hit. Um, it, obviously they, they, you know, it, it was a um, just a coincidence, but it is interesting, I think, by like how not surprised we are. Although I have to say, I really like the whistleblower. Oh, for sure. I mean, no, like, no, but but like, but like, she's not somebody who has like an ideological or like a, a policy bent. Okay, which I think is actually good because. Like a good friend of mine works at the EFF and she was like, man, I really hate her positions on policy. And the EFF is, you know, it doesn't like the stuff she's saying and this and that. And I was like, look, that's a good thing. We don't want the whistleblower to have an ideological or, or in my opinion, like policy bent on this stuff. Because that, in my opinion, I think that taints, at least for some of the public and for, and for Congress, I think that would maybe taint the positioning a little bit, right? Like if you have somebody who had like a very strict point of view and like had a very like sort of like ideological like thing and is like, this is why I took these documents and this is why I'm doing this. And these are the, you know, uh, policy decisions you should make with this company. I think that that for some people would make them go, okay, well, you have an agenda and we're now going to dismiss or, or not take as seriously the concerns you brought up. But when you have somebody who's like, I knowingly took this job at this company in 2019, even after there'd been, you know, out reporting, but I, I wanted to be on this, on this, you know, um, misinformation bent and I trusted um, that, that they would be doing the right things. And then what I saw and, and the information I found proved differently and, and then the team was disbanded and, you know, somebody who's going out of her way and saying, I don't think that people there are acting malevolently, which again, I, I, I don't know if a lot of other people agree with that. Like, I don't agree with that. I, I think that I, I don't know if it's maybe necessarily like intentionally malevolent, but I think that there's a, a very conscientious, like intentional decision to not care about those things. Yeah. Um. And but that's hasn't been her positioning, and I honestly think that makes the whistleblowing and, and the stuff that she shared that much stronger. What is the EFF's kind of beef with uh, with what she's doing? I, they don't have a beef with her at all. I think that they just wish. It, it, in their mind, like the perfect person would be somebody who would be like, this company should be split up. 
and and you know be more critical, right? I, yeah, I honestly okay. I think their their biggest thing with her is that they don't think she's critical enough, honestly. Gotcha. And and to me, I feel like that's actually I think an asset to what she's saying is to have someone who's not overly critical of the company. Is the one who's doing that. So, what exactly is what's going to come out of this? Is any there's a congressional hearing? Facebook looks bad. Uh, combine that with you know a, a major outage, and they lose some money. They're already bouncing back. Is is there any any change that's going to happen because of the whistleblower? Uh, that's unclear. Although it is interesting that you know they had planned this whole like Instagram for younger adults thing. Yeah. Like they had the whole Instagram kids thing and that's been, been shuttered. Uh, Do they call now. it Instagram? <laughs> no, but, but, uh, you know, Facebook, the Instagram kids or whatever, they, they had that whole plan. Cause you know, for them, their whole thing is, and this is like a, a, an ongoing kind of concern for them is they're kind of like, okay, how are we going to get more users? Yeah. How are we going to get the next generation of people? Cause TikTok has that stuff under a lock. And TikTok doesn't even have to pretend to care about things like privacy and, and other stuff, right? Like they're 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 a foreign company and and I and and they don't even pretend like that's not even part of their MO, right? Sure. Like 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 part of Facebook's, I think, problem is that they have acted so paternalistically about their stuff and that, that for so long, and I know this from from people who I know who've worked at the company and some who still do, who people who genuinely think they were working for a good place and people who are there still think they work at a good place, right? Like they they don't see themselves as the bad guys, which is very interesting. But I think that if, you know, but, but they need this younger audience, they need that for growth. And so if you're now getting a lot of regulator attention, because the one thing that regulators will kind of go after is anything involving kids, because that's one of the few areas where they can have some teeth. And, and if they're having to make changes to product rollouts and stuff like that, that's not insignificant. And I, I have to think that obviously some of the previous congressional inquiries are part of that, but the leaks are part of that too. You know, the fact that like she shared like the research that they shows that shows that teenage girls are more depressed and that eating disorders go up and that suicidal tendencies go up and all these negative behaviors go up when they use Instagram. And then the more those negative behaviors go up, the more they use the app. And it's this, you know, just you know, terrible cyclical cycle. And they know this then that, I think, makes it very difficult for you then to come out and, and say, hey, we're going to make this really uh, great app for kids so that people under 13 can be on our platform. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, but but uh, long-term stuff, I'm not really sure. I, I think, though, it's interesting. I got in a fight with a Benedict uh, Evans, who's an asshole. Fuck him. Um, uh, he's like a VC piece of whatever. He was being... Um, uh, I guess, defensive about like what their PR strategy is and whatnot and, and wanting to know like, oh, you know, how are they supposed to, you know, respond? Everyone hates them, this and that. And then he made some sort of comment like uh, a separate related point. When journalists build Twitter profiles around their opinions and have hundreds of thousands of followers sharing their dunks, who's punching up and who's punching down? Uh, uh, kind of responding to the the, the idea of, uh, um, you know, um, like, people who are critical of Facebook mm. um, and, and talking about how like how what their comms response should be. And my response to that, I was like, yeah, the trillion dollar company, if you're a journalist or, or just a normal person, if you're dunking on the trillion dollar company, you're not punching, you're not punching down 
I'm sorry. No, you're not. No way. That's what there's no way that happens. Fuck off. Uh, and, And then he got into a whole thing with me about it. He was like, you know, if I'd actually said journalists shouldn't criticize Facebook, then that would be wrong. But actually, I didn't say that at all. And you didn't make any attempt to understand. You just went for the dunk and the insult, which rather proves my point. Fuck off, dude. Go go search for your like weird fetish porn again. That's a see, that would have been done that would have been punching down, which I, I won't do on Twitter, but I will do on the podcast. He was exposed a number of years ago. It was very funny where he shares some sort of autocomplete thing and it showed like that he would been clearly looking up some like Asian porn star. And um it, it, people had a, a a nice dunk on him about that. And like, look, like what you like, I don't care. But that would be that would be punching down, even though his following is much larger than mine and he has much more money than me. But that would be punching down. That would be like a cheap shot. People critic crit- critiquing Facebook and 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 using their Twitter platforms even to rail against Facebook is not punching down in any vicinity. I don't care if you have 100 million followers. You're not Facebook. Like, fuck yep. off with that shit. I agree. Anyway, sorry. That's you, my rant. I'm done. Even, even Mark Zuckerberg as a person right that that's not punching down no it's not it's not I, i'll never forget so the social network uh you know came out 11 years ago fucking great movie and when it came out and i said at the time i was like this is the best thing that ever happened to facebook and the company was so upset about that movie like they wouldn't let sony advertise the movie on facebook which was very funny that the facebook movie couldn't be advertised on facebook they tried to claim it's because they'd use a similar font or this or that but really they were just butthurt and, you know, Mark was very hurt by how he was portrayed in the film and this and that. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the best thing that could have ever happened. Because even though the portrayal was not kind, it was at least iconic. You know what I mean? Like, and it kind of created this mystique thing. It's like, and I, I still stand by it. Like, that movie was the best thing that ever happened to that company. And, and, and that wasn't punching down. You know what I mean? And that was something where like, they were very upset by their portrayal. We're very upset thing. Oh, we've been misunderstood. Like that's always kind of been their thing. Like, you know, we're, we really want to change the world and we have good intentions. And a lot of the people who work there do, but they've built this and have optimized for really disturbing behavior, which we continue to see over and over and over again. And it's just like, fuck man. Speaking of surveillance. Oh yes. That was. I'm going to give that a B. Yeah, that's a B. That's a B. But there's big news in home security. Have you heard? I have not. That's weird because we just talked about it like two weeks ago, Christina. Well, tell me again. Tell me again. (laughs) I didn't give you any heads up. I'm sorry. You didn't. You didn't. (laughs) Well, Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. That's right. Simply Safe, the system that U.S. News and World Report named best home security system of 2021, just got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and need to help keep you and your family safe. It has an ultra wide 140 degree field of view so you can keep watch over your entire yard. It has 1080p HD resolution with an 8x zoom. That means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. It has a built-in spotlight with color night vision, so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. It's super simple to set up and usually takes just minutes. And it has an easy-to-remove rechargeable battery, so it doesn't need an outlet and it can go anywhere on your property. 
This camera has it all and it integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together, it means every door, window, and room are protected, and now your property will be too. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com slash overtired. That's simply with an I, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E. Uh, and what's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service for free when you enroll in, intera- in interactive monitoring. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash overtired. That would have been a, a weird sponsor to have last week when Ashley and I talked about the what we coined the wing doorbell, uh, <laughs> Amazon's new surveillance system. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got it. You, you, I, I'm pretty sure you didn't listen to the episode. You were sick. But uh, Ashley, I can't remember. I think Ashley came up with it. But basically, we realized that their new flying uh, camera was basically a ring doorbell with wings <laughs> and Facebook <laughs> totally dropped the ball and didn't call it or Amazon totally dropped the ball and didn't call it the wing doorbell. They, t- they totally did. Also, they totally dropped the ball on not like licensing like X-Wing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like 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 they had called it like the X-Wing doorbell and had like a like a Star Wars tie-in. Like they might have convinced more people to be like, oh, this isn't that creepy. Even though, you know, it's like the creepiest thing ever. I have these stickers that, so my favorite Git app, they should sponsor us, but Tower, have you ever used yeah, Tower? I love Tower. Tower's amazing. They they send me stickers. Every time I get a new machine, I'm like, hey, can you guys send me more stickers? And they make amazing stickers, but they have these ones that are like a, a Git history, you know, like when you do a Git history and you get the uh, branch uh, graph. Totally. Um uh, they have one that is a sword and it says, may the fork be with you. And I love that one. I love that. That's so good. May the and fork be and with then you. they have the love one that. that's this huge network of, of, of Git history. And it says, Git push coffee me. And those are my two favorite stickers on my laptop. I love it. Um, it this just, when you talking about tower, this just reminded me. Uh, do you remember the app Kaleidoscope? Oh, I was, oh my God. I was just going to bring it up. Did you get oh. version three? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. And it's, it's, uh, uh, Florian and, uh, Catlin and like all the people behind it now are awesome. Like it got yeah. picked up by, by three indie developers and, uh, it was their first acquisition. And uh, tell people what Kaleidoscope is before I get so, overexcited. So, 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 okay. So it's a visual diffing tool. But what's cool about it, I mean, so there are a lot of diffing tools out there that basically show you the changes between your files. And so, you know, highlight, you know, changes in text or, or whatnot. And it's really useful in documents and code commits and whatnot to see what's happening. There, there are a lot of plugins for things, you know, um, you, you can use with Git clients. What I love about Kaleidoscope is it is also one that like works with images and works yeah. with other file types, which is unique um maybe not completely unique but but certainly when the app came out like a decade ago way more uncommon um than uh, than it would be now and so it's a really attractive application it's easy to use and then i like it because again like you can use it with images you you, you can use it with other types of file types you know and, and compare things and, and it works really can, well it can integrate with the xcode debugger like yep. directly with lldb and you can any any object you can print 
in LLDB, you can diff the output of two different objects and like just like straight from the command line. And and they have a command line tool, KS diff, that you can use instead of a regular yep. diff output. Yeah, it's so good. It's really good. And, and so it's and merge uh, conflict uh, resolution mm-hmm. like it, it's super like all keyboard base. You can flip through and and merge uh, get conflicts. It's my it's my merge tool. If I just say get yeah. merge tool, I can solve any conflict. No, totally. It's one of those things like it, it's not inexpensive. It's it's uh, and, and they did raise the price a little bit, but there's no subscription and it's been a really long time since it's been updated. Yeah. It's gone through a jillion different ownerships. It was originally uh, made by Sofa, who also made uh, the the, the um, SVN client versions. Yeah. Um, and then that company was bought by Facebook, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. So they were bought by Facebook and they were part of the Facebook paper team. And uh, which uh, is not to be confused with Twitter paper or Dropbox paper. <laughs> this was a Facebook team that that wound up, uh, it, they had kind of a, a prototype for something that didn't really work. Um, and I don't know if any of those founders are still there, but but they left. And so then they sold the apps. I believe it then went to Black Pixel. Yep. Yep. Might have been, it, but there might have been somebody else before that, but I th- think it then went to Black Pixel. Black if there Pixel, was anyone before Black Pixel, then it just languished because I don't remember right. any version updates between there. Right. And and then Black Pixel took over and, and released like a version two. And then Black Pixel um, had some some challenges and, and kind of changed their business. I think they've been, since been acquired by someone. And then it went to another company and then uh, Florian and um, um, other guys. Uh, Except for Atlan. Yeah, Atlan. Uh, uh, and Monkey. They, uh, yeah. I forget his so, actual name. Exactly. So, so then, so then, uh, Christopher and Florian and and uh, uh, Monkey and these other guys like picked it up, and that's been the most recent thing. And so they bought it. I guess it finalized at the end of last year, um, and, and apparently it took a really long time for them to do that. And they've spent, you know, the better part of the year, like updating the app completely because the app had basically been abandoned where and i even somebody how i was alerted that it came out um was that somebody responded to a, a tweet thread that i sent in 2019 asking if there were any good diffing tools for for mac os not kaleidoscope i was like i don't want to you know because i couldn't find my license for that and i was like i don't want to buy this in because it, it's abandoned where and it was right. at that point like, it was it, it was yep. And and so I wasn't going to be willing to like put money into that. I and, never stopped using it, just praying that it would keep working. Right. And that was the thing. I couldn't find my license. Yeah. And so I was in a thing where I was like, well, I'm not going to spend sure, I get that. $100 on this. I'm not because it's abandoned wear and, and there's no guarantee that it'll go any, anywhere. Now, in this case, it wasn't and I would have been okay. But in most cases with that, that's not how that works out. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, I was having to use kind of other plugins, GitLens, some other things and and um, some other tools. And there's just nothing, there's nothing that's as good as that. It's just there a is. really well-crafted app. And uh, the new team, they're people who have a long experience, like they worked on Boinks and, and, and worked on like some other stuff. Like they have like long Mac app experience yeah. and like they're into it. And so I'm, I'm really serious, happy. serious indie cred behind it. Now. Serious indie cred. And I mean, it is the thing, as you mentioned, all the integrations that it can do, I think makes it more than just like a, 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 a diff tool, because if you say diff tool, $150, like that's, sure. that's a hard thing for yeah, a lot of people. Cause there are say. free ones. There are frameworks that are very good, and there are ones that you know, like like Sublime has, you know, one, and and there are you know other. I'm sure there are multiples for DBS code. Exactly, it seems like the and, kind of thing VS Code would excel at. Yeah, GitLens is, is is a really popular one, and and 
nothing against any of those things. And they can be really good to have it in your IDE. But sometimes like you need the separate thing, like you said, or you want to use it as your merge client, right? Which yeah. sometimes can just be the best thing. And um, and for me, the imaging stuff has always been like one of the the big standouts. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, it's very cool. Because uh, that was something I used to use a lot. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm really happy for them and um, happy to support them. So yay for like a good Mac app, like coming back from the dead. Like, yeah, hell yeah. I think, I think the price to buy it new now is around 150, right? 100. Yeah, 150. And then an upgrade is 70, I believe. 70. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally worth it. Uh, like I am, I was so thrilled. Uh, Jean McDonald actually contacted me. She's doing PR for them. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, if, if anyone doesn't remember Jean McDonald, she got her start with, uh, with Smile. With Smile, sure doing did. Text Expander, PDF Pen. Uh, and now she's with Microblog, uh, and she's uh, on the side. She's doing PR for uh, indie, does, indie um, devs uh, that she loves. Yeah, she also does App Camp for Girls. Yeah, oh and, yeah. Jean's uh, uh, amazing. Yeah, so that's awesome. I, I didn't know she. I'm see, they're even getting like the best PR people right, to help them. Right. So, like, like <laughs> total indie cred, right? Like, because if you're going to be doing like indie cred stuff, like she'd be one of the first people I would think of, right? Yep, like, totally. if I were if, if I were like trying to you know promote my 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 app and I were hiring somebody, like she'd be at the top of my list. So, yeah. very happy for them. Um, I was really excited to see that yesterday. I was like, yes, because you know, like. We've lost so many good back apps over the years, and it's nice to see one come back. Yeah, one one come back not as a catalyst or electron app. No, that's the thing, right? And <laughs> and because part of I mean, and, and I don't have anything against like uh, catalyst. I, I know stuff against, but like no, but you know what I mean. Like you do, do what you need to do, but I mean, like like uh, Get Tower, which is an app we love, is 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 electron, I believe. But um, you know, like it's nice when it's native, especially something like like a diffing tool. Um, that that can be important, depending on how big the file size is and whatnot. But even even the native stuff aside, I'm just happy to see an app that had been abandoned and had gone through a bunch of different ownership changes. I'm happy to see it, you know, like have a a real team behind it and really be like serious about not just you know making sure that it runs on the latest version of Mac OS, but like no, we're gonna do a whole you know over like haul of this and we're going to like bring this into like the modern workflow like i love that have you ever used command z and git tower um probably they they went they dug deep into like ref log management so any any action you can perform any commit any merge any uh push well push is a little more complex but you can hit command Z just like you would in any Mac app and undo a Git action. Uh, and it's like kind of, it's like across the board. It just, it just works the way you would expect it to in any Mac app. You can hit command Z and undo your tangled Git history. It's, it's, that's another app that I would love it if they sponsored us. They've, they've sponsored my blog and I talked to Tower uh, uh, about sponsorship and they're, once they get through, you know, because it's basically three guys, uh, yeah, and and they're they're getting through all the web development and all the app development that's necessary for this launch, and then maybe they'll start thinking about sponsorships. That'd be great. And I, and I what I love that. about uh, what I love about Tower is like it, it's cross platform. Which not that I like, I usually don't use Git on Windows, but it's nice for people who might. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that they have like a, it's a nice 
cross-platform well, like tool. Like I like that. I'm trying to our at work, our um our new blogging platform is all based on GitHub and Jekyll. Mm-hmm. And uh that's great for me because that's what I what do anyway. Yeah. But you know, I'm getting Victor on board, I'm getting Aaron on board. And when it comes to uh working with Git and and working with pull requests and everything, GitHub desktop does a lot, but yeah. I'm I'm trying to get the company to buy everyone copies of Tower because it's it's so slick and so easy. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and I think that's fair, right? Like, GitHub Desktop does do a lot, and it kind of kind of make the process of at least seeing some of your changes and and well, especially and, you know, with pull requests, it does a, a yeah, great job. Requ- well, no, it yeah, doesn't though, because you hit Command R to make a new pull request, it just dumps you to the website. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I mean, I would say the pull request thing. I, I would I would probably just use the website rather than the desktop app yeah. to be honest, because the new pull request um, stuff, all, all the changes they've made to that are really good, it's but, slick, uh, but I, yeah. I, it's, it's really slick, but like I, I would use in most cases, I would be using the, the, um, the w- website rather than the, the desktop app, but the desktop app is for people who like need kind of a baby's versus like very basic, I think kind of, you know, access to things. I think it's, it's not a bad, um, tool, but if you want to get more granular with it, I think you, you need a, a, either to handle it completely in your code editor or even more preferably, like having a separate, like dedicated client, if you're not going to be very comfortable using the command line. Speaking of amazing, easy to use Mac apps. Yes. You know what isn't? What's that? Vim. <laughs> I love this segue. You know that you're, you're so right. Like, like, you know, it's the opposite of all of that. It's like, like quickly, quickly Google, how do I exit Vim? Right. Like, that's like, like one of the most, it's like one of the that top. one auto completes. How I do I exit? Yeah, it's like one of the top like Stack Overflow like questions ever. I've gotten back into it though. Um, I uh, I so during the my last manic episode, I I got to a point where I was tired enough that I couldn't really uh, do anything new and creative. Which mm-hmm. which is honestly that's the best part of mania is the creativity that I get from it. And I can see that. I, I hit a point where I just wasn't, the ideas were coming, but I didn't have the energy to follow through on anything. And the thing that I found that was relaxing and felt I, like obsessive, but, but meditative was getting back into learning Vim and like, I'm passable at Vim. Like I know how to get around. I know how to edit and save and comment out lines and mm-hmm. move around, but Quit. not, not, I'm not fluid at Vim. I'm not fluent in Vim. So I started just like doing like daily practices. Like I would pick like, okay, here's what I want to do. And I want to do it fast and I want to be able to do it without thinking through the letter sequence in my head. Right. And I would just practice it to gain the muscle memory and I would repeat the yank inside word. <laughs> like such a nerd. Escape, insert. And and I got I got pretty good at it to the extent that I I, I actually did some coding and some writing. I got a, a markdown set up in Vim. Uh, there are, there's like, uh, Goyo, uh, gives you like a full screen word wrapped text editor for Markdown. 
combined with like uh, Vim Markdown from Plastic Boy and my own custom theme that I ported over to Vim. And actually, it it's, makes a pretty damn good uh, Markdown editing application. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to point out the irony here that you are working on a Markdown editing <laughs> application. <laughs> I'm just I'm just having to point that out there. Yeah, I know. Well, and now now I go back to like Sublime and VS Code and I find myself installing all of the Vim plugins because yeah. once you get good at Vim motion, like moving moving around in Vim, it it it'll mess you up for like this, working in a regular text editor. This is what I've heard, and this is why the very few times and I've never gotten into Vim because every time I've tried, like I've almost kind of gotten there and I, I've gotten I've gotten like never gotten as into it as you have. I've never been willing to give it a long enough of a chance. Cause every time I start to kind of maybe inch that way, because I can see the the appeal, then it it does become that thing where I'm like, okay, no, this is gonna alter my workflow everywhere because it's gonna fuck up everything I do every other place. And I just don't have the I just don't have the inclination for that. So I'm, like I'm gonna Sorry, go on. You you said like exit Vim, like so you get this uh escape colon W to save your file and escape right. colon WQ to save and quit. You get that in your head, you get that in your muscle memory, and next time you're in like say VS code or right. or your email and you no, hit then that's, escape the, colon W and it just puts an escape uh, uh it beeps exactly. and then puts a colon W into your editor. And you're like, no, I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and and this is what I'm saying. Like, I know that this would happen. So it's like, okay. And and I'm not willing to go like full like Linux nerd. I'm not willing to do like the, the, the full like embodiment thing. Although like you can install a lot of apps, you know, like, like, a, you know, key commands and, and like, you know, um, key bindings and stuff like VS Code has been mode and whatnot, yeah. which is great. But yeah, I'm just not willing to do that. I am going to bring up something, I guess, controversial because why not? So I get why, like, and, and I, I would agree with you. I think that if I had to choose, like, a, a side of the editor wars, I mean, if, frankly, I would choose Pico slash Nano just because that's the easiest. <laughs> it's but, so uh, but bad. I, I it is. Nano. <laughs> I, I do too, but it's on everything, and I can at least very quickly edit a file. Usually sure, what sure. I do is I just, like, have, like, a remote editing tool. Honestly, is what I do. But um, I... Um, uh, just because I can never remember what I'm doing and, and getting the, the the lines to wrap the right way, even if I know how to quit, like I just I, I don't want to deal deal with it. But here here here's my thing, my question for you. So I think ideologically I would be more on the Vim side. Having said that, I, I think about you and I think about the stuff you're into. I also think about the shit that I'm into. Have you ever looked into org mode with with Emacs? I haven't. Like so, I've heard about the like the whole time. That I've been into like task paper and yeah. and markdown and all of that. Org mode always comes up, but yeah. I don't actually know anything about it. Yeah. So because like every time I like think about like really going full nerd, like really going out there, I'm like, man, org mode is actually interesting. Like I've watched videos on it and whatnot, and like I don't think I could live that life. <laughs> but the org mode life. <laughs> but but it's interesting, right? Because, yeah, because people like it, they make it their wiki, they make it their task paper, yeah. they make it like their editor, they make it like everything. And like, you can just kind of work things into different workspaces and different orgs. It, like, it, it's kind of badass. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, and I've always kind of thought I'm like, the market for this would be non-existent, but there would be like a way like if you could kind of have a semi-gooey, 
you know, easier GUI kind of wrapper around org mode, like that would be kind of slick, right? Yeah. Like if you could do like, 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 a, like a, you know, a Mac Vim thing for, for org mode, like that would be kind of cool. It's interesting because I've, I've read up because I love open source drama. Um, so sometimes I read the, the Emacs mailing list and, and it's interesting to see kind of like the push and pull of the people who are like begging, pleading the other maintainers and other contributors to like, maybe movie max to the the, the 20th century let alone the 21st century <laughs> right. and, and the people who are like no it's it's perfect as it is and we're making no changes <laughs> and and, and, and you people who are like no but, but even these people who are purists they're like no i i get it i'm not saying to to alter what makes it great but there are new paradigms and new ways that things have happened and like them i think for its credit like you have you know like like the the tool that you were talking about like you have people who've created different interfaces and themes and stuff to just be like, okay, you still have the weird ass like key bindings and the shit that like you can only use in BIM and like you, you this is how we work thing, but you can have your custom, you know, uh, there's so for, many good font. plugins. And well that's themes. the thing. You have these plugins, you have this other stuff. And like and and you can have like package managers and and visual interface things like like Mac them and stuff that don't require people to like live completely in their, you know, GNU terminal. Um in the Emacs people, some of them really want to do that. And then the, the other people are just like, quiet you. So it, it's funny that it's kind of see them them struggle with that. Because there's a part of me that's like, man, I, I think that there could be potentially like, I, I think about you sometimes when I like look into org mode, I'm like, man, this would be stuff that, that would be completely Brett shit. So, I think maybe. So when I, when I got into... Yes. I, I don't mean to change the subject too abruptly. No, I absolutely, I, I spent some time recreating NV Alt, NV Ultra in Vim using a combination of uh, like uh, nerd tree style directory listening with uh, uh, ACK as mm -hmm. in that, to grep through all of the notes. But anyway, nice. when I started my most recent exploration, I, I set up the Nord vim color palette have you do you know nord yes uh they they have, color they, have, they have like a vim mode for nord it's beautiful and i got into it but i really i work with a light theme in my id i know i'm a weirdo but i like light themes and i have this one that i made called lucky charms that it looks like a bowl of lucky charms at, like the when you get to the bottom and the milk is all stained a little bit yellow and you've got just like random marshmallows floating in the in the milk that was the inspiration for lucky charms the the theme that i have it for uh textmate and vs code and sublime and now I have published a Vim version of it that if anyone thinks, oh, you know what? I like light themes and I might want to try something new. Have at it. If, if you have additions, comments, et cetera, go ahead. If your comment is light themes suck, you, you can, you can dev null that. That's fine. But it, 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 it is your theme. Is this on your GitHub? Yes, it is on my GitHub. I, I, I will link it. Uh, there are screenshots. If you're on my GitHub right now, you can see what I'm talking about. But uh, you know what else I got into at the same time? What team, is that? Tmux. 
like I have struggled to care about T-Mux for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but it is because I was doing a lot of SSH between multiple machines. Right. And once you get like T-Mux set up with resurrection and and uh, session restore, it's kind of amazing that you can like SS. I actually have it. So when I SSH into my MacBook Pro from my Mac mini, it automatically triggers a TMUX session that gives me basically I can terminate my SSH session at any time. Nothing dies. None of the processes I have running die. And the next time I have SSH in, it just resumes the session. And that alone is pretty freaking cool like i, now, I got that, into all of the text selection and everything stuff but now now do you use iterm with this or do you yes. use the actual okay well, no, no, no okay so yes i use iterm but i don't use iterm's tmux mode that's what i was gonna ask okay i, I don't get why i would want iterm's tmux mode like i actually like tmux uh, iTerm like make iTerm has a, a Tmux mode that makes Tmux invisible. So it's it's creating Tmux sessions and Tmux panes, but representing them as windows and tabs. And I just I don't it I don't I I, I don't get the benefit of that versus uh, well I guess because I, I like to run everything on remote servers. Tmux is most useful to me when I'm on another machine via ssh right yeah right no that makes sense that makes sense I no, term, I was, no. i'm just curious we could yeah, do a whole episode I -term. on iterm well no because that was on our list i know i love iterm um and um and like um i'm really close with the windows terminal team and like that was one of their inspirations for windows terminal which i should makes, hope so well i mean but i mean i think that's like awesome that it was because that yeah. was like a pretty skunkworks project that's now built into windows like proper like it's it's now with windows 11 like it's built in proper oh is it really yeah yeah that's cool um and um uh, uh so is the windows package manager um which is basically homebrew um for uh for, for windows um and i didn't uh, know that man maybe i gotta give windows another shot i mean I'm not saying like there are things that would annoy you, but I think that there are a lot of things, especially with with, with WSL two and and uh, Windows Terminal and and WinGet, which is the Windows Package Manager. Also, you would love Power Toys, which is an open source. It's run by Microsoft, but like community contributes to it. But it's like they uh, created, they recreated a, a basically um, like a Alfred, um, so that like you can do um, like WinKey space. Um, or, what? or, uh, yeah, exactly. To, to, to search stuff that was actually, I, I helped with that a little bit, nice. at least with the, with the guy who's the PM on that. I like gave him some feedback. There are some other like, um, like a tiling manager extras and stuff. So this is like a, a open source project that's like adding power user features to windows and yeah. it's all developed in the open. It's pretty badass. There's a lot of like stuff that they're doing, which I think you would like and and I, I i would i would like you to play with at some point i don't I, it, like like you like you're never like like me you're never gonna like be like somebody who's gonna be swayed like full-time away but i have to say like it's fun I, to see i could be intrigued by but by, it's, it's nice to see what's happening other places and it certainly makes it makes me using windows like a lot better and since gaming on windows is so much better and and like i don't know i just like playing with other operating systems why i like playing with linux distros too it's just fun but um it's just, it's funny because in some ways, I feel like Windows is going in the direction of trying to be more like what macOS used to be, whereas macOS is going in the direction, you know, like iOS, 
which for people like you and I isn't always the best thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I Yeah. It's I haven't I haven't touched I, last time I loaded up Windows was I guess I loaded Windows 10. Yeah, but there are a number of different iterations with Windows 10. Like Windows 11 just came out and it's it's good, but some of the stuff that's like built in, like I said, like a strand of the box. WSL um, is uh, makes it easier to enable Windows Terminal out of the box. Like it's the Windows free package too, out right? Of the box. I could I have parallels. I could load up. I could load it up in parallels. Yeah, you could load up in parallels if you if you want to register it. Then you need to pay for a license. Okay. But you, but you might have a friend who can get you a discount. I wonder where I would find a friend like that. I'm just saying, you know, I might be able to get might be able to get you a, a license for forty dollars. All I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Uh, and if you have a Windows 10 license or a Windows 7 or Windows 8 license, that could actually be used with Windows 11. But I haven't had uh, a legit Windows license since Windows 95 and then 90, what was it, 98? Yeah, probably XP. 98. I was going to say, we, right. I was going to say, we all, yeah, although we did all share that one XP um, uh, key. <laughs> the, they, the one, the that, one, that one key. No, no, it was, well, no, it was, it was like, it was like a pre-release version. I'll never forget because I was a uh, freshman year in college and, um, everybody's computers came preloaded with Windows ME on it. And then like right after college started was when like the XP Gold Master dropped. And so yeah. people would get the free upgrade, but it would take like months. And and like Windows ME was fucking terrible. So yeah. I had a, a copy that somebody had downloaded with that like key of pro. And like part of the reason, part of how I made friends like freshman years, I'd go around to the dorms and A, I would install people's uh, network cards because people didn't realize they needed like a NIC card, you know, for their, yeah. Uh, computer and and they had like a modem and I'm like no you need a network card and they're like how do I open this and I'm like hi I'm 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 new in the dorms like I'm I'm you know your neighbor um and then I also install like Windows XP on people's computers so I made friends like with everybody like in that building <laughs> uh August of 2001 um so this yeah but episode was a journey. It was a journey. Man, let, let's recap. We got we got the Ted Lasso. Yep. We got the Facebook. Mm-hmm. We got a couple sponsors in. We got some great sponsors in. We talked about some great Mac apps. Great indie Mac apps. Uh, and then Them? like esoteric like Unix editors. Yeah. And then we got, we got all the way to Windows. I know. Shit, you dude, you like, and me got to Windows. We got to Windows. Honestly, and like had a good conversation about it. Like, honestly, we're like, this is some good shit, man. Like, this is a very classic, very good overtired. This is, this is the epitome. Like, you can't plan a show like this. No, which, which is funny because we had like our list, but like, this is like <laughs> such like a classic show of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I should mention, I think, I think the uh, listener survey is still... I still, you can still add entries to it with comments and criticisms and uh, demographic information that will help us bring you better sponsors and make the show better. So check the show notes, follow the link, take a, take five minutes and let us know uh, who you are. And we, it can be anonymous, but let us know uh, who you are in a demographic sense and what you like about the show, what you don't like. And, uh, and we will take your feedback very seriously. And, uh, and and we love you all. We love you all very much. All right. Well, Christina, get some sleep. Get some sleep, Brad. The system is going down now.